First John chapter 4. That was good singing, amen. It was my turn to sing and uh, we didn't have time to practice. Miss uh, Debbie's under the weather, but she was here. Miss uh, uh, Trudy and uh, Miss Becca are with their with her grandmother and she's having surgery in the morning. And I'm so delighted that we got this many people. Amen. A lot of people on vacation. A lot of people. And we just thank God for you being with us. First John chapter 4. That was a great message, Brother Chance. I'm going to tell you something. Chase, Chance, Choice, Ch yeah. Um, I get his name mixed up all the time. I got a cousin named Chase, Chance, or somebody. I mean, just take your choice. I mean, but uh, that was a great message because Sunday, our Sunday school lesson is on the ministry of handing out the Word of God and tracks, and I appreciate my teacher taking this serious because he was trying to get the tracks stamped that he's going to hand out during his lesson. So uh, I appreciate him wanting to apply the lesson because uh, you really don't learn anything until you apply it. Amen? And we ought to be bold and hand out the gospel. Some people ought to hand out these flyers, but more important, you ought to hand out the gospel because the gospel will never return void. It'll never return void. And folks, plant the seed. And the seed will come forth. First John chapter 4, I want to title this message, Beloved, Believe Not. This is the first time I've seen the Bible, an emphasis on believing not. And then also I'd like to subtitle it, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know, if Hallmark can have Christmas in July, I can preach on Christmas in July. Say amen. And you know what I watch all the time with my wife, amen. I act like I enjoy it, but I, you know, you got to keep the marriage solid, amen. Hallmark movies, you know. I can tell you the plot of every one of them. She's going she's to leave, but then she decides she's going to stay, and they're going to live happily ever after. Amen? But she's supposed to go back to her job over in Washington State, but she decides not to do that and stay there and get married and live happily ever after. Okay, I learned the movie for you, but anyway, that's it. All right, First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Let's stand on the Word of God. I'm glad to get out of chapter 3, even though I enjoyed chapter 3. And... Um, then when I saw this topic, I said, you know, our folks have had enough of this false prophet stuff. But, you know, who am I? I'm not the Holy Spirit, and I'm not the Word of God. And so somebody needs this message, and after studying it, I think I need it. Beloved, believe not. Beloved, believe not. Every spirit, little s. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, Merry Christmas, is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in uh, the world. I love this verse. Ye are, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Ye are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us. And he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the great singing, and God, thank you for this great attendance. I'm pleasantly surprised because so many of our folks are out of town, sick, and 
Lord, I just pray that you'd give uh, people grace tonight as they uh, share with their loved ones the news from the doctor. And God, I pray that you'd give continued grace. And Lord, I just admire some folks in our church that just keep on going, and keep on having faith, even though it seems like the health problems keep on getting worse. But God, you're able and you have a reason. and We're not going to second guess you. And so, Lord, help us tonight to discern in these last days uh, what the spirit of truth is versus the spirit of error, what the spirit of Christ is versus the spirit of Antichrist. And so, Lord, even so, come quickly. But until then, help us to stand for the truth. Proclaim the truth has already been preached so good. And God, help us to believe the truth. And Lord, we know the truth will set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Christian life is a life of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. We're told uh, to believe in God, not just in anything. So faith is as good as its object. And in 1 John chapter 4, faith is not just simply deciding on what you want to believe and believing it. Or faith is not trying to make yourself believe uh, that you feel what is true. Uh, faith is getting a word from God and acting on it. It's Bible faith. As I said often, and I say some things too often, I'm sure, because y'all start saying, you finish the sentence before I even get the sentence done. Don't do that. But anyway, uh, uh, if it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Say amen again, amen. I don't know how many times I'll say it before God calls me home, but I, I believe that. Uh, now, without faith, it's impossible to please God, and so it's very dangerous to live without faith. But I want to say what's really dangerous is to live in the, with the wrong faith. Believe not every spirit. Right in the middle of this passage on, on love, and John 3 was such a great chapter on love and having your prayers answered, here he warns about false prophets, cults, false believism, and folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, we need to be loving, but we, and we need to be soft-hearted, but we don't need to be soft-headed. Amen? We don't need to be... And some people are really soft between the ears. Amen? They ain't got nothing there. Amen? You can look in one ear and see the light in the other, but, you know, friend, listen, they see the light's on and nothing's home, but nobody's home when they look at their people's eyes. But I want to tell you something, friend. We as Christians ought to know what we believe. We need to not embrace every religion, and we need to have faith to stand for what's right. And so everything spiritual is not of God. Look at verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether it be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. That verse tells me not, every, uh, not everything that's spiritual is of God. And folks, listen, we need to realize as a man thinketh, so is he. You sow a thought. You reap a deed, you sow a deed, you reap a habit. And uh, you sow a habit, you reap a character. And you sow a character and you reap a destiny. It all begins with a thought. So the devil wants to get us in our thought life. He wants us to believe wrong. And if we believe wrong, we will behave wrong. Believing all, right believing always precedes right behaving. So the test the spirits, try the spirit. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 21, prove all things, prove it. And folks, if it don't line up with the word of God, then it's not of God. You ought to bring your Bible, you ought to check me out when I preach. And you ought to definitely check out all the material that's left on your doorstep or is preached up and down these roads, especially this road, and see if it lines up with the Bible. 
it don't line up with the Bible, then it's not, it's not spiritual. What's the difference between Christ and Antichrist? You better know and you better learn. You better be able to discern because, folks, this world is full of deceit. It's full of the liar, the devil. More than ever, it's rampant. And I want to tell you what's so alarming. It's accepted and it's defended by our, our government. And if we say anything against it, we're, we're, we're guilty of hate crimes. God help us. I hope I always to hate unbelief and hate sin and, and hate the devil. Not the, not the sinner, but sin. And so let me give you uh, uh, about four things how to test a prophet. The test of a prophet, whether he is God or not a God. Number one test is you need to test their methods. You need to test their methods. Unbelief, false doctrine is very subtle. The, the Bible says in Jude verse 4, I always want to say Jude chapter 1 verse 4, but look at uh, Jude verse 4. The Bible says this, For there are certain men crept in unawares, who, they're just creeps, no, who were before of or, or, old ordained to this condemnation, godly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, and denying the holy, the only Lord God, and our, here it is, Lord Jesus Christ. goes all the way back to the garden. The devil came to Adam and Eve subtly and subtly, um, deceitfully. He's a deceiver. He starts out with, yea, hath God said. Folks, there's the modern version right there. There's the salvation by works. Cain believed it, tried to work his way to heaven. Abel sacrificed the blood, and thank God he was justified even though he was killed prematurely. Satan is a liar, he's a deceiver. Number two, we need to test the prophets of God, quote-unquote, spirits, and by their motives, by their motives. Look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of the truth shall be evil spoken of. The day we live in a day where truth is evil spoken of. Look at verse 3. And through covetousness shall they with finge words make merchandise of you. Hey, whose judgment, listen, now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. He said that their motive, false prophet's motive is... is is full of covetousness. Uh, in other words, they want to make merchandise out of you and they want to sell uh, their religion not cheap and they want to make a lot of money and they're in it for the money. They're hirelings. They're not a shepherd. Folks, the mo mo motive is to exploit people but to use people. And they, they make merchandise of you financially, politically, and personally. Uh, their method, their motive... And then third of all, you need to watch their morals. In Jude chapter 4, I read the word lasciviousness. That means immoral. The philosophy of sin of these false prophets is this. We're saved by grace. We can be forgiven for anything. And folks, they justify their sin by frustrating the gospel of grace. They say, I can, I can ask forgiveness for anything, and they can be called an open adultery, and get back up and preach the next Sunday on TV. 
and everybody follows them. Like, well, we all got to be forgiven. Yes, we got to be forgiven, but there's some things that disqualify a man of God from being effective. Amen? Philosophy of sin is we live by grace, therefore we can live any way we want to. And God will forgive us about for anything. Folks, don't trust a false prophet with your money or with your daughters. They're, they're wicked. If they'll lie about the gospel, they'll lay, they'll lay in bed with any woman. They're immoral. The Bible says it. They're full of lasciviousness. And then the fourth test of um, a ministry, not only their method and their motive and their morals, but fourth of all, and I think I left out one, uh, is their ministry, the sheep clothing. Uh, Matthew chapter 7 says they're wolves in sheep's clothing. Oh, they're slick willies. They can speak with the best of them. They have a great praise band and Boy, they got thousands, maybe 10,000 people will uh, gather all the time. I know, I know there was one preacher that bought out a whole coliseum in, in Houston, Texas that they couldn't even fill a basketball team, couldn't even fill it up, but he filled it up. He fills it up every Sunday. And he's so positive and so slick and, and so uh, smooth. But it's another gospel. Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You're not saved by being power of positive thinking. You're saved by the power of positive faith in the right person. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15 and 16, real quick. Matthew 7, verse 15 and 16. You'll know them by their, their methods and their motives, even their morals under the topic moral, but then also their ministry. Their ministry. Look at Matthew 7. It says this in verse uh, um, 15. Matthew 7, 15. I'll be there in just a moment. The Bible says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes and thorns or, or figs or, or fifth of thistles? And so, folks, listen. We see like pastor, like people, like prophet, like followers. Then fifthly, the main way you're, you'll test them is by their message. By their message. Now we're getting back to our text, First John chapter four, verse two and three. The Bible says that the message is all important, and here's the message, verse two. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Look at verse three. It says, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is in the world. If it was in the world when John wrote this book, how much more is it in the world today? And so folks, you judge a person by their message. I believe it's Isaiah 8.20 says a, a, a sign of a prophet is that when he says something, it comes true. That's sort of obvious. But Antichrist means against. But also the word anti also can have the meaning of the uh, means at the same time. And so there's the true Christ and there's the false Christ. That's the way Satan does his work. Satan is against Christ, so he brings a substitute instead of Christ. A substitute. Religion instead of relationship. A pope instead of the high priest. A low priest instead of the high priest. 
Folks, listen, a substitute confessing to a man instead of confessing to God. You'll never get confession, uh, you'll never get your sins cleansed by going to another man because he's a sinner. care who he is or how many times he hadn't married or what he wears or what booth he occupies. He's a false prophet. The devil does not deny religion. He uses it. He uses it. The chief tool of the devil is religion. It's subtle. It's accepted. It's financially wealthy. And the, the big cathedrals are there as a monument of their, of their greatness. But folks, listen, the devil is inspiring them with religion. The method is not denial, it's misrepresentation. See, he's an angel of light. He doesn't come to you, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. Look at that, 2 Corinthians 11, 4. He wouldn't come to you and just start denying Christ. He says, I am Christ. There is another way. And what's he described? What's the, the Paul described the devil as? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and look at verse 4, I believe it is. Yes, it says, For, for if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have, have not accepted, you might well bear with, with him. And it goes on to say in, in a, a, another verse that uh, he's an angel of light. Um, but if I fear, verse 3, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve so, through subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted through the simplicity that is in Christ. They always want more. They all want to give you more. Let's have more works. And let's give you some more incentives like 70 virgins that you'll have if you'll, if you'll be a Mormon and follow all the creeds and of uh, the Islamic cult, I mean. And folks, listen. The angel of light wants to tell you about another Jesus, another spirit, another Holy Spirit, and another gospel. And so... 1 John chapter 4, three major tests I want to close with. Uh, whether you follow Christ or follow the Antichrist. Now, if you want to see a false prophet, look at their methods. Look at their motives, look at their ministry, and look at their message. Especially the message of Jesus Christ. And I want to, I want to narrow down, or I want us to focus on uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse by verse, just for a second. Just for a few minutes. Now look at verse 6. First test, the test of the spirits. Believe not every spirit. So you need to test the spirits. And you test it by the word of God. Just as I said about a prophet, we test it by the word of God. Look at verse 6. It says this. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. Heareth what? Hear the gospel. He that is not of God heareth not us. They won't tolerate straight preaching. It says, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so the apostle here tells us that um, he saw Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 1. Look at 1 John 1, 1. 1 John 1, 1. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon with our hands, have handled of the word of life. That's Jesus. He's the word of life. So the apostle uh, saw Jesus. He heard Jesus uh, who was anointed and appointed to bring the word of God. He is the Logos. 
the Word of God. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 says, The foundation for everything is the prophets and the apostles. Now what's the prophets and apostles? Prophets wrote in the Old Testament. Apostles wrote in the New Testament. So it wasn't the men, it was the message. It was the Word of God. The church is squarely built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. Ephesians 2 20. I got to read that verse. I wasn't going to read it, but we're not in that big a hurry. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And I can't find any of them. Okay, here it is. Ephesians 2 20. Amen. The Bible says this it says, And we are built upon the foundation of the apostles, New Testament, and the prophets, Old Testament. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Folks, it all, and I'll get to this point in just a minute, it all depends on what they say about Jesus. When a cult knocks on your door, you ought to, you ought to, your subject ought to be, what do you think about Jesus? They'll deny him every time. What does the word of God say? It's not what the just, uh, just uh, somebody feels or thinks or their opinion. It's what the Bible says. Um, 1 John 4, 6 says, We stand upon the Word of God. So the first test of all tests, kind of reviewing, but also how to try the spirits in the last days, does it line up with the Word of God? What had happened when uh, Satan came to Jesus and tempted him in, the, uh, in Matthew chapter 4? What, how did he respond? He said, It is written. And then he quoted the Word of God to him. That made the devil very nervous. If you want to make a cult very nervous, start quoting the Word of God. Go get the Bible and show it to them, say amen, and preach Jesus to them. Don't invite them in, but give them a good earful right on the porch. Amen? Jesus. Start singing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Folks, Jesus said, facing three temptations, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus thrust the devil through with the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. There's incredible power in the Word of God. Turn to Psalms 138, verse 2. Psalms 138, verse 2. What an opportunity in these last days to take the gospel track to people's lives. It'll track them down. He'll stay with them a whole lot longer uh, than, than your visit. And Psalms 138 tells us why. Look at Psalms 138 verse 2. I should have marked these, but I had some big interruptions this afternoon. Emergencies for our family. Look at Psalms 138. I promise I wouldn't mention it. I will worship towards the holy temple... Praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. His word above his name. Folks, this Bible is pretty important. You ought to try reading it every day. This Bible is so powerful that if you'll plant the word of God, you'll doubtless come again rejoicing bringing your seeds with you. How many tracts have you handed out this year? How many souls have you had uh, saved? I, I, I heard a report that um, uh, one of the Holt children, what's her name? Um, 
um, forgot her name. Anyway, one of the Hope children uh, led the, the flight attendant to the Lord on the way to Africa. And that's the spirit, praise God. Don't wait to South Africa to start witnessing. Start witnessing while you're on the plane. And uh, the lady got saved. Or was it a man? Or was he sure? But anyway, I think it was a lady, amen, that got saved. The flight attendant got saved. When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? When's the last time you pulled the word of God out on somebody? When's the last time you cared enough to give them the word of God that's magnified more than his name? Amen. That's why I get upset with these people that use these other versions. Because I think they're perversions. Matthew chapter 6 says, uh, is the Lord's prayer. It's really the disciples' prayer. And it ends with, uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's a wonderful prayer, way to end a prayer. And the NIV just takes it out. One liberal on TV said this, is I know that the NIV is not the right version because that's the only reason we pray is for, thy, for the glory of God. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, they had to make so many changes because of copyright laws. They had to take all those words out so they have so many changes. If they didn't have all the changes from the King James, they couldn't have another copyright. It's all about money. It's all about money. So listen, I want to tell you something. These people that push these false uh, Bibles, you could call them using people for merchandise. You can say they're manipulating. Folks, they're in it for the money. If they were in it for God's holy word, they wouldn't pervert it. They wouldn't risk the scriptures. Say amen right there. So I'm not apologizing these last days of being so old-fashioned that I use these and thous. Hallelujah. Folks, you shouldn't apologize. You shouldn't feel like an antique. You shouldn't feel like you're out of place. But you are out of place because you're not of this world. You're to go to the world. But we all want to be colloquial. We all want to be contemporary. We all want to blend in. We all want to be popular. Folks, when did God call you to be popular? God called you to be productive. God called you to be fruitful. God called you to be not like the world, but like Jesus. Amen? And folks, you take uh, the difference out of Christianity and all you got is an entity. And so folks, the second test, not only do you test the faults of prophet and the spirit of Antichrist by the word of God, but here it is, verse 2 and 3. It says, Hereby you know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of Verse 3 says, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come to the, in the flesh is not of God. And this is he that the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it, it should come. And even now already is it, is it in the world. Folks, here's the second test, and this is the greatest test, is folks, by the Son of God. By the Son of God. It's black and white on your, in your Bible. In verse 2 and verse 3, just, just, just stop just a moment. I'm talking about the incarnation. I'm talking about the real meaning of Christmas in July, almost August. Folks, if you don't believe in the real meaning of Christmas, that puts you in the spirit of Antichrist. So we're not battling over whether to celebrate Christmas this way or that way, but I want to tell you something. If you miss the whole meaning of Christmas, you're, you're siding with the Antichrist. If the only thing that you love about Christmas is a big fat man that comes down the chimney and leaves you a bunch of gifts, that's almost an antichrist spirit. I'm not trying to preach against Christmas, or I'm not trying to burn Christmas at the or Santa at the stake like 
my youth pastor did when I was down in Claxton and almost got me fired. I'm saying, friend, the real meaning of Christmas is essential for your belief. Did he come in the flesh or did he not? When Jesus Christ took upon himself humanity, he did not take it a while and then on earth and put it aside in heaven. He still has a body. Have you thought about that? He has a body in heaven. The, the only man-made thing in heaven is the nail prints in his hands. Have you thought about that? Look at Revelation 1.12. You'll see the vision of, 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 God, of Jesus and God in the Bible. Revelation chapter 1 verse 12. This is essential doctrine, incarnation, but also that Jesus is the Son of Man and the Son of God at the same time. That's the deity of Christ. He wasn't born into this world. He was sent into this world. He preexisted. He's eternal. Can somebody say amen? We're talking about the deity of Christ. But look at verse um, Revelation chapter 1, verse 12. The Bible says, He saw a vision of Jesus. Now, and he said, I heard, and, uh, he said, and I turned and see, to see the voice that spake to me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And the midst of the seven candlesticks, verse 13, one likened to the Son of what? The Son of Man. He didn't say the Son of God. He said the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot, girt about with paps with a golden girdle. He still had a body. Before then, he didn't have a body. Folks, the first time that the angels saw uh, God in flesh was in the cradle. Before then, I don't know what, it, what he was like. But I know this, folks, as 1 Timothy, look at 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. Let's study the Word of God just a second about this Christmas thing. Let's talk about incarnation, about the essentialness of knowing that he is the Son of Man and the Son of God at the same time, co-equal, not half man, half God, not half God, half man, but I mean all man, all God. Now you try to figure that out, you're better than I am. But praise God, I'm going to tell you something. By the Spirit, we can believe it. Try the spirits. And folks, what does a cult think about Jesus is the all-important question. That's it. Hey, he's not equal with Mary either. He's not a servant of Mary either. Amen. Went through that great cathedral in Arequipa. You ever been there? Uh, Arequipa. You need to go there. And, uh, and uh, man, you go through all these cathedrals and all this stuff and all this artwork, and there is Mary ministering to a sick Jesus in bed. Boy, that boiled my blood. I, I lost about five or six more hairs off the top of my bald head when I saw that picture. I mean, she's glowing, and she's got radiance coming out of her head, and she's ministering to a sick Jesus. And you know what that's saying? That Mary is superior to Jesus. That she's the mother of God, not the mother of Jesus. That's heresy. It's sad. Try the spirits. How do they believe about Jesus? You say, you calling something a cult? I ain't calling nobody nothing. You can just read it for yourself, amen? But look at 1 Timothy, please. 1 Timothy, I forgot where I was going. I got off on a rabbit that really needed to be shot. Look at uh, chased and shot. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, please. This verse spoke to my heart in a real way as I was studying. 1 Timothy 3, 16. Here it is. You, you, you heard of John 16, 3, 16? Well, here's the, here, here's the 
the greatest commentary on John 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now listen to this. Justified in the spirit. And look at this. Seen of angels. I believe for the first time. Look at this. Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up into glory. That is a tremendous, powerful verse. I wish some young preacher would preach that verse. Folks, what it was saying, scene of angels. The first time they saw God was in human form in the manger. His name is Jesus. That's humanity. But his title is Christ. That's God. Folks, he's God-man, not half God, not half man, not all man, not, and no, no God, not all God, no man. He is God-man. Never another like him. And folks, what's Christmas all about? If you don't believe that, you, uh, that Christ came in the flesh, it says you have the spirit of Antichrist. And there's a lot of people that never let it cross their mind what Christmas is all about. They think it's just getting gifts. They think it's just going to grandmother's and getting some extra turkey. And they got about as much sense as the turkey if they think that that's all it is, some fort low about some guy named St. Nicholas. Is that all Christmas is about? No, I'll tell you what Christmas is about. God came in the flesh and His name is Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. And that is a sign that you believe in the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of the Antichrist. He's God, all God. Go back to 1 John chapter 2 now. 1 John chapter 2. I said 2, not 3. 1 John chapter 2. Hope you all getting something out of this. Look at 1 John chapter 2. My time's just about up. 1 John chapter 2, verse 22. The Bible says this. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Look, go to 2 John. Just go, go over to 2 John real quick. Chapter 1. I hope it's chapter 1 because it's the only chapter there is. 2 John, verse 7. Look at it. Are you with me? Some of y'all looking at me just staring at me with no Bible, no nothing. Just, you know, would you get this over with, preacher? I am not going to get it over with. I want to get it over to you and to me. That Jesus is Christ, and it's very important. And if you're not solid on that, you will believe the spirit of Antichrist and maybe you get sucked up into uh, some religion that's a cult. Look at verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. There's that emphasis again. This is, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that you are, lose not those things which you have wrought, but that you receive a full reward. Now listen, listen very closely. Verse 9, Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you that bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. Verse 11, for he that biddeth not God's speed is partaker, uh, he that biddeth 
him Godspeed as partaker of his evil deeds. You know what that's saying? Don't shake hands and offer them tea and say they're all right. Rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a cult. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was a created being. That's heresy. That's a lie. He is Jesus Christ. God came to us, Emmanuel. The whole reason for Christmas and the whole reason for Christianity, He came to this earth and He died. He was buried and up from the grave He arose. He is God. And the angels saw Him first time in the manger. So go back to your text now and we'll close. I'll get to the third test next week. I want you to look at um, 1 John 4, 2. 1 John 4, 2, and we'll close. I'll just give you the last point we'll go. 1 John 4, 2. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Look at verse 9 now. In, the, in this was manifested the love of God towards us, because God sent His only begotten Son into the world, we might live through Him. Folks, uh, Christmas is pretty important. Christmas should be a special to you because it's the test of whether you're of God or not. And I'm not talking about the celebration. I'm not talking about December 25th. I'm talking about, number one, the Word of God is a test. John said it. Number two, the Son of God is the test. And folks, if somebody comes peddling their stuff to your door, you want to check them out, just start making much of Jesus and start asking them what they think of Jesus and tell them what you think about Jesus, that He's Lord Jesus Christ. He's God. He's the very God. He was manifested in the flesh, seen of the angels for the first time, and thank God, friend, we know by all our hearts that Jesus is the Son of Man and He's the Son of God. Last test, verse... 4 through 6, it says in 1 John 4 now, Your God, little children, have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he's in the world. We take that out of context, don't we? But it's, it's all right because he is greater than anything or anyone. And they are the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Ye are God, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us, whereby know we the spirit of truth. Here it is, the third thing, test. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Number one, it's the word of God. Number two, it's by the Son of God. And number three, it's by the Spirit of God that you hear His voice. John 10, 4 through 5 says, uh, His sheep hear His voice. I'll tell you how you hear His voice. By the word and the spirit. Not by some spooky signal in the air. My wife and I ate a Whopper each, a Whopper meal. Special coupon, save 50 cents. Praise God, folks. But if you eat too many of those things right before midnight, you'll have some great visions. But folks, you don't go by great visions. You don't go by dreams. You go by the Word of God, what you believe in, by the Son of God, and you go by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit speaks expressly of God and lifts Him up. That's His office. He glorifies God. He don't want the uh, highlight. And folks, listen, John chapter 10, or John chapter 3, verse 27. Let me read these two verses and we'll go, I promise. Uh, please, please stay. Don't walk out on me. Uh, you, get, you can't miss this. John chapter 3, verse 27. Sometimes you just don't notice verses because all the other verses get attention. 
But John 3, 27, the Bible says this, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You can't receive anything of the flesh. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians um, uh, chapter 1 that uh, the natural man cannot understand spiritual things. You've got to have the Spirit of God to illuminate you, your mind. Not eliminate your mind, but illuminate your mind. And our object of faith is the Lord Jesus Christ, but He gives us the energy to worship. He gives us the illumination. He makes God real, and the spirit of error is anti-Christ. There's all kinds of AM uh, radio waves coming through this, uh, through this building right now. I can't see them, but, and I don't want to get spooky on you, but there's AM waves coming through, thousands of them, maybe millions. And then there's FM waves coming through, you know, FM. And folks, the only way you can hear those, those sound waves you got to be tuned in with a tuner. You must be born again. You must be full of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God will give you um, uh, a spirit of discernment. And um, it won't be Antichrist's message. It'll be Father's message. It'll be on the right channel. So listen to me. Listen to me. There's three tests. By the Word. In this text, by the Son of God, what do you think of the Son of God? And by His Spirit, He helps you to hear His voice. He says amen to a very dull message like this tonight. He says, that's right. That'll help me when the JWs come. That'll help me in this day of religion that's accepted. That'll help me because I know Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart about the importance of Jesus coming to this earth and dying for your sins and my sins. He's the only way. He's the only life. His blood is enough and we don't need some jack-leg religion or cult or organization or kingdom hall or Mormons or anybody else saying, you must do this and do this and do this and follow our prophet and follow our jargon, and follow our rules. No, you don't need to follow works. What you need to realize is that Jesus Christ paid it all, and His blood is enough, and we need to believe right about Jesus Christ, and the only way to do that is pick up this book and listen to His voice through the Holy Spirit. Father, thank You for the message. Use it for Your glory. In these last days, help us test people. Let the Holy Spirit discern people. God, we don't want to be gullible, soft-headed Christians. We want to be soft-hearted. We want to win them to the Lord. But God, we don't want to believe untruth. So Lord, help us to take this very practical lesson and realize the importance of Christmas. But much more than the importance of Christmas, the importance of the incarnation and the importance of redemption and the importance of the resurrection and the importance that Jesus is, always will be, always has been, Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. May we boldly proclaim our belief in thee.